Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Let's Talk About. I don't know what the episode number is. If you want to know, you'll have to look at the, at the old screen. But today you'll be listening to me, Elliot, and my co-host, Seb. Hello, that's me. That's him. Cool. I didn't wonder if he was going to say anything. But yeah, that's him <laughs> in, in the background there. And uh, today you, you get to delve into a future and you're going to find out something um, about this episode that we don't even know just yet. So what what that's going to be is we are going to talk about Loki. We are really on it with the times. And, <laughs> you know, considering this finished... Uh, when, when did Loki finish? November. I was about to say, we, wasn't it like November? Released, yeah. Yeah, early November at that. And this will be released early February. So three months, a quarter of a year. Yeah. I think we're, we're doing well. So we're going to talk about Loki. And then this is where you're not... You'll know more than us at this point is depending on time, we were going to leave it there or we're going to get a, li- a tiny bit more with the times. Only two months uh, ahead. Yeah. We're going to talk about what if. Um, but I suppose it just depends how we do. So you'll know because it'll be in the title. If it just says Loki, then you know that we got a good old chunk there. If it says what if, well, you know you're in for a special treat. Um, that was a really good explanation. See, I, I feel though you may need to explain so. it a bit more though, in case the listeners don't quite get what's happening. <laughs> oh, okay. So essentially, <laughs> no. um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about Loki, um, and that, that's uh, the main thing first and foremost. Um, <laughs> not not the latest addition to the MCU, not even the second latest addition to the MCU, but three <laughs> three releases ago. Yeah. It was Loki. Um, so we, we won't go into spoilers straight away. But if you haven't seen it by now, well, then you're doing worse than us, which is impressive. And yeah, that's that's very good. Uh, so well done. Yeah. So first and foremost, we're just gonna give our general non-spoiler. Not even get talk about Loki. But not anything that happened. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna talk say... about the show at all, actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what do you think we talk about? Let's talk about. Cool. <laughs> um, we're just going to talk about how he how he felt about it, and I'm going to tell you right now that I loved it. Oh, what, did, what, did, what about you? I also loved it. I watched it week to week as it came out. Uh, I believe you watched it after. Is that correct? I think I watched. Uh, I think I missed the first two episodes, and then I watched one, and I was like, "Yeah, here we go." And then I didn't watch them. All oh, right. <laughs> and 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 then. And then I slowly got through them like week by week. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it took it took a while. Um, so for everyone else, it's three months late. For me, this is only like two months late. I think I finished it in in December or something like that. Actually, no, I think I tried to. I think I actually finished it the week after um, the last episode came out because I didn't want to try and get spoilers. So we kind of like rushed it a little bit more. Yeah. But I still kind of like saw the ending, which we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, so yeah, this was a series that, for me, got better as it went along. I thought each episode improved on the last. Mm. And so like as we go through this, we'll talk kind of about each episode. Um, and generally kind of like what we thought of it and our, our favourite bits and, and all that. But what we'll talk about before the new season, new in inverted commas, is season one and the ending so if you haven't seen season one i really don't know why you're here yeah uh, um let's just want to know our thoughts i mean here we go. i loved season one me Did too one? it was a good show oh then yeah so get off here and go was it go, 2021 go was it it was 2021 june 2021 because yeah, we yeah, had yeah, yeah. um 
it was like the the first foray into the Disney Plus shows, wasn't it? We had WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. There was this next, or, or was it Falcon and Winter Soldier? Do you remember? I have a feeling it was Falcon. Yeah, I think. Well, I'll tell you what. Why, why don't you? Why don't you lead into what Loki is all about? Yeah. And then I'm going to answer that question for you. So, obviously, there's quite mixed kind of responses with all these shows. I feel like Loki has been one that's, at least for the majority of people, has been rated quite highly for Phase 4. So, we the premise for this is, if you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, then none of this will really make any sense. But as part of that story, the Avengers go back in time to get the Infinity Stones to undo Thanos' snap. One of those involves going back to 2012 when Loki invaded New York. Um, but that one ends up getting his hands on the Space Stone and escaping. Um, but then he's picked up by a mysterious organization called the TVA, who are the Time Variance Authority. And um, he is kind of captured by them. And he's basically what's called a variant, which is a, the kind of way of saying there's this sacred timeline, which is what should happen. And if anyone kind of goes away from that, then we, they trim those timelines. Uh, so it's all about the multiverse kind of stuff, which is kind of where all this whole saga has been going. And our, well, this version of Loki, at least, uh, is picked up and ends up going on a few different missions and things to find this uh, this other variant, which is causing a bit of havoc. Um, of course, the weird thing with the show is that this Loki is kind of like very different to the one we've had in the MCU because the Loki from like Thor 2 and then um, like Ragnarok is like, and then eventually Infinity War has all this kind of character development that's kind of, you know, un- not undone, but it's like reset because this is technically a different character. Um, so we go, but we get like a fresh kind of start with that. And yeah, I think we, did we watch this together or did we watch this separately? I can't remember. I feel like we, I feel like this was one we did watch together, but I could be wrong. But what I thought about when, as soon as I put you off your little, uh, little journey there into the world of Loki, was the problem with the MCU now is you can't really give an introduction to everything, and it makes sense if you haven't seen anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> to understand Loki, you have to have seen Endgame, when it's not really just that. You then also have to understand all these other moving parts as well. So, yeah. So, if you haven't seen anything Marvel, um, do? Well, unless there's a strong reason well, why. Well, it's happens. a weird one because, like, we we get little things here and there because of, like, the Thor movies. And it kind of is that question of if, why are you watching the Loki series if you don't know who this character is? Um, but even if you know a little bit about it, even if you've seen maybe Avengers or Thor, I think really that's enough for this show. Um, and because you've introduced a whole bunch of new characters, uh, a lot of whom I think are great. And it goes into like this kind of different area of the MCU, which I don't think is shackled to the rest of it in the same way that the others were. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I think the other good thing is, I think in the pilot episode, they they kind of give like a in a in a really cool <clears throat> pardon me in a really cool way, mm. like a what's one like a recap of everything that's happened to the other Loki. Yes, because they they kind of like do it in like a not a dream sequence, but in kind of like a here's your memories type of thing from your original variant. So yeah, it's very cool. It's what I like about this one is my, my favourite kind of series are the one where you're trying to work out what's happening and you're, as the main character, they don't know what's going on. Yeah. They're getting confused and you're finding out with them. We had that with WandaVision. Um, yeah. We had that 
with this. We had it with um, Moon Knight. Mm. Those are like for me the my, they're my favorite type of ones where you haven't got a clue what's going on and you're leaving each episode with questions. And then the next episode gives you a couple of answers, but it also gives you double the amount of questions. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I love those. I think they're great. I always think one of the best TV experiences I've had was for one division week by week when we were mm. all in lockdown. <laughs> and just the whole community was... Tr- was <laughs> yeah. It was a theory central, wasn't it? Um, well, cause it really suits the medium as well, isn't it? Because, you know, it's about TV and you're finding out what's happening. And I, I really think this works as well because, yeah, you could have maybe done a movie on this but i do think the week-to-week stuff does work because you are finding out what's happening and yeah i'm not a fan of that in the shows where use the audience knows what's happened but the character doesn't you're waiting for them to find out uh which is always a little bit annoying but um yeah i do like going on the adventure of these characters and seeing what's happening and what i really love as well is the runtime because with wandavision as great as it was being like 20 30 minutes it always felt like oh i need more Whereas I feel like with mm. uh, Loki, each episode was quite a satisfying length, even though you were still itching for more. Yeah. And what was... Yeah, I think they changed that with WandaVision, didn't they? Because that was the only one that's been nine episodes? Was it nine or eight or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. And it was only like half an hour, whereas the V's ones, like I said, it's like 45, 50 minutes and it was only six. Yeah. I think it started doing that more, which is good. Um, but yes, yeah, so now we'll kind of... We'll talk about it as if people know Loki season one. So if you haven't seen Loki season one, but you've heard this and like, I want to watch it, give it a go. Even if you haven't seen anything else, why not? Seb's convinced me. Give it a go. See how you get on. And then let us know. Yeah. Um, but no, so series uh, season one ended with kind of introducing the new big bad. Kind of. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Of of this new saga so originally it was Thanos we had this build up over like a, a phase and a half and then it was kind of revealed and then a little bit more um whereas this time it was uh he who remains mm. who was like for you know or Kang the conqueror so we get introduced to him and what a character yeah first of all you know you know putting aside everything else that's gone on yeah and Jonathan Majors as an actor done very well in that role um so that was great but when it ended with this man this guy who's in control of this timeline that you talked about being put to death by this variant of loki sylvie and then loki's in a panic and he's now in like a different timeline Mm. where kang or he who remains is in charge and that's what we were left with so again the thing where you thought you were finally getting the answers to all the questions and then like 30 more pop up in the yeah. last uh, three minutes. It like answers everything for you. And then, oh, but no, let's just leave it on, on all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling going into season two? So, yeah, I really liked the ending to season one. I thought, um, I mean, I loved the, all the characters. Sylvia, I think, was a really great character. Um, Loki, obviously, considering re, kind of redoing him, um, was really well fleshed out. Uh, Mobius as Owen Wilson, great character. Um, I love all the kind of... Um, buddy cop kind of stuff um, and then where they leave it is like oh I'm really intrigued to see what's happened because it looks like he's gone back to TVA but there's a big statue of Kang so I mean my initial thoughts were has like the war kind of happened then and then one of the Kangs has taken over or has he like gone back I don't really know what's going on um, so I was very excited to see what was going to happen also quite anxious to see what was going to happen as well um, 
and you know we had like trailers about like Victor Timely and stuff like that so I was just really excited because I thought well this was one that was really good and some of the other stuff has not been as great but I trust this to see what, what did you think was going to happen from based on the cliffhanger what did I think was going to happen mm. you know what is at, at the time I was going to presume that he was now in like a, a new well the TVA is the same but this time it was now just one of the other Kangs had finally been let loose and he was now in a, a it's hard because it's TVA is a place out of time but I'm still going to say it's in a time where now he was ruling everything mm. but then the other properties of the MCU started coming out so I'm trying to think what came before. So Ant-Man and the Wasp was before season two, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we finally had... That's, yeah, that's the only property we've had so far with actual Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. In them, all right? Yeah, cool. Um, now, if you want to know what our thoughts on that film, um, that'll be a journey. So you can find that <laughs> somewhere down below. Let's talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And you start thinking to yourself, well, how is it all going to link together so i i'll give us i really wasn't sure because it seemed like this tv series was such a pivotal had such a pivotal role when it came to a whole multi multiversal saga mm. there's also quite a lot to hang on to a tv show um, yeah you always think like back to like agents of shield when that was like heavily linked with the mcu and that was really good it's like an an, an add-on it like flesh everything out but it never you did not have to see that to enjoy the movies at all it was a one-way kind of of relationship wasn't it the movies affected the show but the show never really affected the movies at least not at that point yeah so i was very intrigued to see how how it all went and i i I didn't really know um Hmm. but yeah but i was very excited nonetheless obviously not excited enough to clearly watch it straight away But I think in my defense, I think me and my wife were still watching another show at the time. And we yeah. thought it was going to be a bit much if we then sort of like mix and match. Um, but yeah, really excited going in. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's dive into season two. So this is your last chance now. Spoilers wise, we are now going to talk about the actual thing. 15 minutes in. Uh, we're now going to talk about Loki season two. Well, to be fair, I don't think we ever really properly talked about season one. No, because like we mentioned it. Well, it would have come up before we did this, wouldn't it? And we've not really. I mean, it's come up on like ranking videos and stuff, but we've never really gone in in depth, have we? I guess maybe because we thought with other stuff coming out, maybe we could kind of reference it then. But I think yeah, having uh, Kang in Quantumania, um, then leading into this, uh, gives us all the stuff to talk about now. Yeah, there we go. So you had our review of season one, and you've kind of heard our review of season two. So yeah. Loki Season 1 introduces a new character, which I think is one of the greatest additions, which is Ouroboros. Yes. Or Obi. Obi. Yay, good old Obi. And who's he played by? What's his name? Ki-Hwan something. He played Short Round in Ah. Temple of Doom. He did. He was also in the uh, very well-acclaimed... Um, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, God, look at us. He loves a multiverse thing, doesn't he? He does. And oh, there you go, Kihoi, Ki, Kihoi Kwan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to say that in a way, but it didn't sound racist. <laughs> um, I think you nailed it. But yeah, I, I think so too. Um, but yeah, what a character! Mm. He just does like every scene he was in, just made me happy. 
Yeah, he, he slots um, in perfectly. Like, he could have been there from season one. He felt like part of the furniture, like all the other characters. Um, and mm. I love the kind of the kind of enthusiasm uh, that the character has. But we're, but there's also a thing of, like, is does he know more than he's letting on? Because he obviously knows a lot about the TVA and stuff. So there's questions mm. of, like, is he behind stuff? Is he, like, in cahoots of Kang? What's going on here and there? But it was just, yeah, really fun to have around. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I think we've had this before. We've kind of gone through a season. We might end up mixing episodes quite a bit. But, you know, you have to forgive us. But, but we also found out that Loki is time skipping. Yes. So, basically, he was going around to, like, different times, obviously. Was he also going in different universes? I can't remember. No, it wasn't. It was just for one universe. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Because he, he starts time slipping and then it, it's like in the TVA. So when he then speaks to OB about it, he says, well, that's impossible because you, you can't time slip in the TVA because there's no time here. Um, which is why we kind of pick up from the start of this season where season one ended. And we assumed, you know, what we just said, whereas it turns out, no, he actually has gone back in time to uh, an earlier version of the TVA, which is why obviously none of the characters know him. And it's like, oh, that's really weird. So he's not going to like some other alternative universe. He's just going within this one, which is then interesting because it's like he goes to, I'm guessing the sacred timeline, but then he can like slip between that. But then is it only within that timeline, I guess? I don't think he slips to another one. No, I don't think so. Um, but I think like with that, I gave like a really great scene right off the bat, which was when he needs to talk to Obi about something, but he time slips and he goes and he sees Obi like yes. hundreds of years prior or however long ago it was while uh, Mobius is still talking to him in the present. Mm. And he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. And he goes, oh, actually, I do know something about yeah. it because he's remembering these things that are now happening. He's like, oh, so good. Mm. Um, and then by the time he slips back into the in, into modern time, shall we say, he's, he's Obi now knows what he's doing. He's got this whole thing. That was cool. Just such a great character dynamic between these three actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really good. Um, it's like, we're, again, we're trying to piece together, like, the puzzle. Because, like we saw at the ending, and we see other bits as well, is, you know, Kang or He Who Remains seems to have, like, a really big deal in the past. Mm. But we don't know why, because he wasn't a big deal. No one knew about him from season one. So, oh, questions. Questions, questions, questions. Well, well yeah, because like the the kind of setup for season one was that they're the three timekeepers that were in charge, uh, rather mm. than having you know one guy in charge, which kind of begs the question. So did Kang just have it initially where everyone knows he's the guy in charge, but then he decided to change that for some reason because they all kind of struggled to believe it. So then with this season, it's like, well, now that the cat's out of the bag, we know about this guy, he who remains. They're trying to kind of work out what's going on with that. Because, like again, the, the crux is when He Who Remains dies, it's kind, of, well, it's kind of like, kill me and then there'll be another multiverse war or take over my job, basically. Sylvie obviously chooses to kill him. I'm not, I'd be interested to see what Loki kind of would have done, but he seems to be quite hesitant. Um, so we're kind of seeing the effects of that now. Where it's like, I guess I kind of thought it'd straight away be multiverse war, but it did seem to be like... Oh, what's going to happen now? But then we see kind of throughout the episodes that that starts kind of kick into place. Yeah. And then we kind of get like the whole 
plot, I would say, of of season two, or a big part of it, is the fact that the TVA seems to be getting overwhelmed. Now that more and more branches, more and more timelines are appearing, mm. the TVA is now on the verge of destruction, so to speak, which is why they need Ouroboros to try and like help fix this. Um, and they go and try and find Sylvie, and she's working in McDonald's, because why not? Yeah, in the 80s. Um, in the 80s. Um, so she's kind of useless, I think, at this this point. Yeah. Um, which confuses him because he keeps speaking to Sylvie from, like, doing the time slipping. So, again, more questions. <gasps> well, Yay. I don't know. Uh, then we get to a really cool episode, um, which was episode three, where they go back to 1893. Yes. And I'm sure you were the same. You start watching this episode, you think, ah, oh, this is where that post credit scene comes in. Yeah. Because one of yeah, because like the only good bit in Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is a post credit um, scene, which is just a scene from a different thing. Yeah, was um, as I said, seeing Loki and Mobius, seeing a variant of He Who Remains, and mm. um, I can't actually remember the variant's name now. Victor Timely, unless you can. There we go, Victor Timely. So this this raised a few questions for me because my assumption is that. The sacred timeline is set up in a way that in the 31st century, uh, Nathaniel Richards, whatever his name is, becomes Kang the Conqueror. Um, But in this, it seems to suggest that in the 1800s, there was a guy who could have been like another variant of Kang. So then, and obviously in the main timeline, he he doesn't. He just grows up and does the candle stuff, right? But um, in this... Because this is the cool thing where it shows you the years and stuff. Is it always says like sacred timeline now? We will say like branch timeline. So uh, I think there's one where Sylvie's working with Donald. So that's like a branch timeline. So in this episode, we go to 1893 in the sacred timeline. But then because uh, Miss Minutes drops off the thing, it then gives us the branch timeline, which is quite cool. So we see that with all these different things that are happening. Um, but yeah, I was kind of a little bit confused about that because it's like. So is this just a guy who looks like him or is he actually a variant of him? Because we find out he is a variant because they need his, what was it, his aura to activate mm. the machine. But yeah, this had quite a few fun fun bits in it, this one. Yeah, very good. Because it ends up being quite a, it's like a race. It's like Loki and Mobius versus Judge Renslayer yeah. and Miss Minutes, you know, but the horror itself. Um, And yeah, and again, it's, it really showed off Jonathan Major's acting ability mm. because like, I think he played all three of his parts that he did. I know he did do more technically, but between he who remains Kanga conqueror and Victor timely, I think he played them all very well. Yeah. Um, they are three distinct which people, so cool. which is good. Yeah. So I just thought it was like a really fun episode. How everything kind of like went along. Um, and eventually, Sylvie comes in and she decides that she's not gonna she's not gonna kill him. Mm. There's this whole thing. Yeah. I think this one Renslayer gets betrayed as well. Miss Minutes turns out to be really creepy and Yeah. That there's was this weird. whole Yeah. Because she's basically in love with him because she so she's an AI who he made to kind of, you know, keep him company or whatever. But then she's like, Yeah, what's actually she's in love with him. So she's talking to Victor and it's like, you know, how come you never gave me a body and all this kind of stuff? Um which is very scary because eventually they turn her off, don't they? And she like dies, and she's like, "You'll never be yeah. him, whatever." It's like, oh, yeah, don't know. Good fun, yeah. 
and that was that was the first half of of Loki. Then we got to like the the second part where there was an ending at some point. I think it was season four. No, not season four. Episode four. <laughs> and I can't remember what it was. Now. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. It's um. So the the whole thing is trying to do is like this. It, is it something loom temple loom? The temporal temple loom. Yeah, because it's all about the heart of the TVA. Because the TVA's loom nears catastrophic failure. But Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie have a he who remains variant. Yeah, so they're trying to like organize it. They're trying to like build this temporal loom, and the whole thing because it's like thing it's issues like with time slipping and stuff like that. And we've got Obi's help. We've got other people's help, and they like they finally build it and they put it in, and then they're like, right, go on, uh, Victor, you can do it. And he's just like, yes, I will. And you're all excited, and he opens up the gate and he goes out. I mean, he dies. That was so cool. It was like what. <laughs> <laughs> it was like what? Because he, he turned like, well, into what, spaghetti, what and like you hear the scream of like ah, and they're all like shocked, and then like fades to white, and then that's the end of the episode. It's like hell yeah, yeah. Of course, like Doctor Strange two again. Yeah, um, yeah. Poor old John Krasinski. But yeah, but that, that was it, and I was like, whoa. Mm. So it was like all this build up for this, throughout this entire episode, mm. just for pain, basically. Yeah. Then you had. Um, Episode five. Um, so is this basically after that? Was that when everyone got sucked out to different universes? Kind of, yeah. So this is uh, called science slash fiction. Loki traverses dying timelines in an attempt to find his friends, but reality is not what it seems. So this is the interesting one where actually we see all these different kind of branch timelines where this is where all the characters are from. So we find out where Mobius is actually from, OB, Hunter, um, B, whatever her name is, um, some of the other characters as well, which I thought was very interesting. Um, I'm trying to think as well, is this the one where Sylvie's kind of in, just in one as well? I can't actually remember. Um, but I'm assuming there's Loki time slip to escape the explosion. I think that's what happens, right? He goes... I don't know. I didn't know if like the explosion kind of like caused them all to go there. Maybe I can't remember. Well, because he's in the TVA, isn't he? And it's like I don't know if it's like after the explosion. Yeah, because the room's empty, isn't it? And then like the machines and the stuff are like all kind of fading away. That effect is really cool, by the way. I really like that. Yeah. So Sylvie did go somewhere else, but unlike everyone else, she could remember everything. Yes, she knew Loki. No one else knew Loki, but she could remember. And yeah, this was an and this was an interesting one. I really liked it. I wouldn't call it a filler episode, but it did seem a little out of place for me. But I did enjoy it. It was nice, kind of like seeing all the characters in a different light. Mm. Um, yeah, and explained a few things. Well, because it's all those things where normally the, the penultimate episode is like quite interesting. I remember One Division. It was like my favorite one because we see mm. all the stuff and like Wonder getting her powers and like. Um, I'm trying to remember what happened to Falcon Winter Soldier, but a lot of the other kind of shows, the penultimate one was really interesting. I know like in Daredevil, it's usually like some kind of flashback episode, but for this one, it explains stuff of like how all the characters got to be there and like how I'm guessing he who remains or whoever must have got them from those different timelines. Um, and like how Obi is into like science fiction writing. That's why his character is all into that stuff. And then you see, like Sylvie's content to just kind of chill in her own timeline, but then she realizes no, they're all going to die. Um, and Loki kind of thinks that 
he has to stop her from killing he who remains. Um, but he's also trying to master the time slipping because we've mentioned it, but he's, it's been involuntary this whole season, hasn't it? It's just going to have been happening to him. But um, it's this episode where he finally masters it at the end. So then he he time slips back to before the loom explodes and then it cuts to cuts away from that. It's like, oh, is he going to try and, you know, fix it? Yeah. Because I think in, in episode five was, again, it was just one of those ones where it was all this build-up. He's seeing everyone, finding everyone. They're all learning about their stuff. Together they worked it out. He fit, he sorted out the time slipping. He They they made another uh, machine. Or, oh, that's it, because they were trying to get back to TVA. Yeah. And then again, they all they died. They all died, yeah. That was like, oh, was okay. Like, oh, all this build-up for nothing. Which is when we get into like uh, episode six, which I think is the part where you were on about, where he he's now going back in time. Yeah. And again, kind of like episode one with like him and Ouroboros, you get like this really cool sequence where he he keeps going back trying to fix the temporal loom. And he's like, eventually he's just like, right, Obi, how long would it take for me to understand all of it? He's, he says like, oh, you know, like, what was it, like a thousand years or something like that? He says decades and then it cuts to like a hundred years later. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like he's learned it all. I mean, you just you see him coming in and in and in and, and doing all these different things and organizing it all and doing everything really quick. But then he realizes that no matter what he does, even with like perfect circumstances, it's still not enough. Yeah, because the the loom wasn't designed for effectively a multiverse. It was designed for one timeline, and we we see that when he does everything right, and it still doesn't actually work. Because you have all those kind of fun sequences where it's like he's trying to quickly. Yeah, because he asks Ob, you know, what did we do wrong? He said we didn't have enough time. So, like, when he goes back, he's like, he's rushing all the introductions, the character introductions. Like, right, we've got this, da, 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 and like, and it still doesn't work. And there's a bit where he barges into the scene where Renslayer and Miss Minutes are like interrogating the other guy, and he's like, I, I just need him. <laughs> so they're like really confused, yeah. um, and it's got like the kind of disco um, Beethoven music, which just kind of makes it work really well. Mm-hmm. But then this is where he realizes, yeah, he, he's learned all this science stuff now where he's kind of on a level with like OB and Victor Timely. But yeah, he's just, he's realized this isn't actually going to work. So is it at this point where he decides to then go back to the, was it the Citadel at the end of time or something? Yeah. So at this yeah. point he thinks the only way he can stop it is for he who remains to remain in charge, basically. Mm. So he tries to stop Sylvie when he realizes that there's nothing he can do um, because he cannot stop Sylvie. It's literally either kill Sylvie, or everything is going to stay as it is. And again, there was another great little scene where um, he who remains knows exactly what going what's going on. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's trying to stop her because of this, and he can just pause it like that. It goes, goes shows the power that he has as a character. Yeah, that's just like I know exactly what's going on. That was a cool moment where. Because Loki says, like, why why do you never fight back? And then, like, he just pulls out the time pad and he's like, this isn't the lo- first time we've had this conversation, is it? And I was like, oh, what? So, because he doesn't react, does he? He's just like, you think it's just redoing the scene every time. Um, and you think, I don't know, I feel like after a while you would have been able to beat Sylvie, but I guess not. Um, but that was a really cool conversation. And he's kind of talking about how to do things. And it's like, because he... Um, talks about you know victor they come up with a thing it's like no it's not designed for that you have to have one or it all breaks and it's like and everyone dies kind of thing so he gives him the choice doesn't he he's like what do you do yeah and 
That was great. I mean, this episode is very highly rated. It's, I think, on IMDb, it's 9.5. Yeah, I was, which is I was going to talk about that because... Higher than anything else. It's interesting that, like, season one is, like, consistently, they're all above, except for one episode, they're all above eight. Um, hmm. There's, like, it goes 8.6, 8.7, then 7.7, then it's 9, 8.9, and 8.6. So it kind of peaks towards the end. Whereas, like, this season... It's a little bit rocky, like the first half, um, like a decent start, but then there's like 7.6, 7.7. But then from four onwards, it, it's just 8.7, 8.8, and 9.5, which is a, a really, really strong finish, I think. Yeah. And of course, when, when we finally get the ending where he decides, no, we don't need everyone else. We don't need Victor Timely. We don't need this. Certainly that. He's just going to go and he's going to look after all the timelines. Mm. And that is his glorious purpose. He's always about his glorious purpose. This was it. And he ends up replacing sort of like he remains. He sits on his throne. And uh, even though he says he didn't want to be alone, that's where he was. Yeah. Now, for the rest of time. That was quite a powerful moment, wasn't it? Because he time slips back to his first meeting with um, Mor- uh, Mobius, doesn't he? I was about to say Morbius then. Mm. Uh, <laughs> with Mobius in that interview, interrogation. And he's kind of saying... You know, he's he's realised he's just afraid to be alone. It's like he wanted he wanted a throne to kind of rule, but actually, really, he just wanted like friends. And he's actually found that finally, which is why he tries so hard to try and do something to save them. And then he realises the only way to do that is if he is on his own, which is the one thing he said he didn't want to be, which I find very fascinating. And he steps out onto the radiation thing, and he doesn't die. And I wonder is that because he's Asgardian, because they can kind of live wherever, and they kind of get stronger the more powerful they are even though he's technically a frost giant um and the whole scene where he grabs the kind of the timelines and he turns them green of his magic and then he kind of his outfit changes and he gets the really cool um kind of crown similar to what um uh was it richard e grant had in his episode that was cool yeah so i thought it was an amazing ending mm. for an amazing series and i think when we talked about um at some point we did we ranked the mcu shows um and I think I had one division first. Just because even though I think perhaps technically I think what was in Loki season one was better. Everything that came around with one division I really liked. Yeah. But I think now that we've got two seasons, I think this might uh if you will, time slip <laughs> oh. into first place. Damn, yeah. that's yeah. a big call. I think because we've always said, yeah. haven't we, that like the the thing with the one division is the finale was such a disappointment. Because uh, although mm. it was alright, it was just such a fall from the rest of the show. Whereas we feel like Loki was quite consistent, had a good ending, even though it's like a cliffhanger as well. And yet this ending was really good. And a lot of people are saying, you know, is the MCU back? And I think just the theming of the series is really good as well. Because they talk about a few things like um, when OB meets Victor Timely and they say, but, oh, well, I was inspired by this guy and then I was inspired by him. And he says, oh, it's like a snake eating its own tail. That's what Boris is. And the fact that the last episode of season two is called Glorious Purpose, which is what the first episode of season one was called. It's like, oh, it's, you know, it's oh, time. Really, really cool. And you can see that a lot of love went into this show. The creators really care about it and haven't done the cheap stuff that maybe some of the other properties have done. Yeah. Um, and also, we haven't mentioned it, but the music is like really good. Yeah. As well. Like, do, do. When you have the intro and the outro, it's like, oh. Yeah, it is cool. This is great. So yeah, I think this show has amazing characters, like some really standout characters, great character development as well. Mm. 
great story, which I think is good on its own. I think it holds its own against the rest of the MCU, but yeah. then also, obviously, it's having a, a bigger impact on everything else as well, mm. which is really cool. So, yeah, I think it's a great series. Obviously, you mentioned already about how Jonathan Majors was so good in all his roles. Obviously, due to recent events, he's now been fired. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know exactly what the plan is. I don't think anyone knows yet publicly. And there was a few rumours going around that either he's going to be recast. Yeah. Um, and they're still going to go through. Or we're just going to change it all together and say, well, Kang's now over and done with. And mm. you do Doctor Doom. Well, because there, so, there was a thing they were saying that I think part of the contract was he was the only one who can play the play Kang. Um, so that's the kind of thing like, well, can they actually recast him? Or is there like a clause like, if we have to fire you because you, you know, get charged with certain things. Um, but it's also interesting that like, at the end, like last episode, they say, "Oh yeah, we we tracked down like this variant, and like you know, he's under control, so we're kind of keeping tabs on them." So it's like they've kind of written it in a place now where maybe the Kang thing doesn't actually have to happen, or you know, maybe someone else will come along, which is I think good because otherwise it did seem set up straight from you know Loki season one that that's where they were going, which is a little bit different to the Infinity Saga because. It took a few films where they were just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck. Because, you know, it's like the Tesseract, I don't think, was originally an uh, Infinity Stone and same like the, the Scepter and stuff. Yeah. But then when they realised, oh, we can go in this direction and then like tease Thanos and that is then well received. Oh, this is where we're going. Whereas this seems to be from the start, we're going to pin everything on this one guy, which did seem very risky and didn't quite pay off. Mm. Um, but I... I don't know. It's it's tricky, but I do think there are things they can do now with it, which is good. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to see the future of it all. Mm. But yeah. Oh, final thoughts. Loki, currently my number one MCU show. I'm not including... I'm, I'm si- talking post-Disney here. So yeah. I'm not quite including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that has, in all fairness to it, like seven seasons, back, <laughs> seven seasons backing it up. Yeah. So... Um, We'll see. But it may be even still, but I haven't thought about that. I mean, this is the other thing as well, is that all the Disney shows, I guess other than Loki, didn't have like a second season, did they? I mean, I know What If has, but um, whereas like, you know, three seasons of Daredevil um, was always, that was like the gold standard of like kind of Marvel TV, wasn't it? And, you know, I don't know if Disney Plus has ever been able to recapture that, but I think Loki has done pretty well to get close yeah but obviously we'd love to know your thoughts so where can they do that well they can uh write to the tva uh but we'll answer the email for you <laughs> um let's talk about 2022 at hotmail.com or they can slip into our dms on instagram wow thank you um uh, what's our handle uh, lta.podcast and um well done. Yeah, we will we will find out what happens. Um maybe we could do a poll on like best Disney show or Yeah. Something like that. I don't I mean, know. We always talk about polls and then never do they never happen. <laughs> <laughs> we never do them. Because uh, you think about about the time, then when it gets released because it's scheduled, it's just like, Oh yeah, that's what we do. But then our friends like eight days later. It's like, yeah. Oh. Uh never mind. Never mind. Um and as far as that, so next week, all going well. Um, well, the next episode, at least, will be Turning Red, our review of that. So I'm not looking forward to watching that again, but I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing it for the first time. Well, from that, very, good. very short review, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that, we'll be talking about what if. Yes. Which will be very interesting. Yeah, because we didn't talk about it today because we had like a 40 minute episode just on Loki. Who would have thought? Oh, no. Who would have thought? I know. There we go. Right. I think there's only uh, one thing left to say, and I can do nothing else but let Seb say it. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>